Hey, welcome into episode 55 of the Best Coast Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brandon, and we got some special guests tonight. I got Jordan here, we got Johnson, and we got Zach. How y'all doing tonight? Hey, yo. What up? How's it going? We had to, we decided to have this special episode on this Friday of uh, the four teams that are remaining in the our dynasty playoffs here, so... Sure, you're gonna hear a lot of smack talk throughout this episode, but that's just that's just kind of how we are. Got the license to CBS's Final Four March Madness theme, and it's just blaring behind us right now. Yeah, (laughs) man. No matter what, uh, no matter what smack talk this week brings, I don't think anything's gonna top uh, Zach sending me a personalized song from Michael Bolton. It uh. It really made made my uh, my day the other day or yesterday. It was our the anniversary of when he beat me in a championship three years ago. So that was really sweet of Zach, and I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, you know celebrating our anniversary a little different this year. Surprised he didn't record it. You know, Michael Bolton's a major, major cinephile. You know, it, it just really goes to show that fantasy football. You know, some say it's luck. It really is dedication because I'm putting in those hours. Uh, you know, making it happen. I gotta step up my trolling. Johnson right? won't give me his address, so <laughs> no. I got it. I'll hit you up afterwards. All right, good. You've good. been here like seven times. This is on you at this point. I don't remember addresses. I just remember how to drive there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, you can find it on Google Maps. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. When the parade goes by, you'll know that I remembered what your address was. <laughs> But hire a whole bunch of people to have a flash mob everywhere you walk. <laughs> I'll, I'll just be impressed. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be more impressive than your teams look this season. So it'll be good. Oh. <laughs> My teams. I was the number one seed. What do you mean? But not you barely the top, made the playoffs. Not the top scorer. I mean, that's what really matters, right, Zach? <laughs> I was twelve and two. I beat him twice. <laughs> uh. I got beat once because my team did not show up, and that's why I didn't get the scoring title. It was the one eighty-point week I had. That was oh, that was so bad. Let's hope that happens again this weekend. It's all good. Yeah, it won't. Yeah, it won't. It's fine. There's a lot of low over unders though this week, so you know we could we could end up with uh, a lot of low scoring fantasy weeks this week uh, out of a lot of wide receivers and you know Different places kind of matchup. Yeah, I mean. We, I mean, we have this guys, in there. I have Justin Jefferson playing in a dome, so. Yeah. <laughs> well played. Yeah, that's, that's nice. That is very nice. That is very nice. I don't that even know. Scary. I don't think that's I have really many. That's the one I was looking at on your roster, and I was like, I'm just going to have to deal with whatever Jefferson does because it's going to be nice. Yeah. I, I, In fairness, you can say that pretty much every week, though. Like, Justin <laughs> Jefferson just is nice, you know? He's, he's really oh. good at football. Oh, he's very, very good. I don't have any teams that play in a dome this weekend. <laughs> I oh. just have all the really cold games. You got a lot of running backs, though. You know, like we'll, we'll touch on it later, but that, that's what you want in these games because it's it's going to be run heavy. It's going to be run heavy weekend across the league. I feel like. I agree. Yeah, I am starting four running backs. So same. Let's go. Yeah. Cowards. 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 <laughs> You're talking about cowards. <laughs> this is how I made the playoffs. Pretty much with starting four all year. That's fair. If I wouldn't have lost Javante, it would have been a magical season. I mean, maybe. 
<laughs> Broncos didn't really score many points. Yeah, so. I don't know. I don't know. Might not have helped me that much. Might have actually hurt me more this year. But I, I mean, I don't want to derail it too far before we jump into stuff. But Brandon, if you had him, you wouldn't have Latavius Murray, and as we all know, that's your guy. So you you love Latavius Murray. Hey, I'm starting this week. I'm Zach starting. and I were talking about how much you love Latavius Murray earlier today. Hey, you know <laughs> the what? The romance is real. I'm excited for Marlon Mack to get some primary snaps and be the RB one. It's gonna be great. Oh, yeah. that is that a happen. huge story because Sleeper has been hyping him up for years, and it's time they lose it's their minds. Time. They are so excited. Like when any news comes out of anybody in the entire NFL, Sleeper, the entire chat is, "Well, what does this mean for Marlon Mack?" So, you know, doesn't mean much this week though. It's gonna be it's gonna be Murray just like last week. So this is gonna be a fun one. There's gonna be so much trash talk. I can't, I can't wait. I wish we I wish we were all together though, like this weekend. But it's a it's one weekend where we can't get together. The record for the saltiest Christmas of all time, and the Cowboys yeah. by the Eagles. So it's just it's just bad all around. Oh, with no hurts it, though. No hurts though. We it's are mo- talking trash. Yeah. Most of us are gonna get together for New Year's during the uh, championship, so that'll be fun. I mean, props to Eagles fans. It's not a shock that when they beat Cooper Rush earlier this season, that did not slow down their smack talk. So should Dallas be able to return the favor, uh, I hope they would expect the same in return, you know? Yeah. Except for the Eagles are going to finish further in the playoffs than the Cowboys are. So, Well, they, they get a bye and we'll lose in the first round. So, Yeah, true. Okay, well played. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Daily Roundabout before we get back into more trash talk that we'll have the rest of this time. Uh, Cole, Cole Beasley was elevated to the active roster for Week 16. Um, I don't really know how much of an impact this really has on fantasy. I don't think you're starting Cole Beasley. Maybe in He's like, back on the Bills, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think this is big for Josh Allen. I think Cole Beasley is pivotal for those third – third and eight, third and nine situations they keep continue to find themselves in. And uh, he moves the sticks like no other. He really, really helps them at that position. I agree, but not this week. Yeah, and Isaiah McKenzie had really kind of taken that Cole Beasley role, don't you think, Gallagher? He has, but I mean, even the the what one game he played with Tom Brady, he was pivotal for the you know third downs. I think he got a touchdown even. Um, he knows their offense. He can slide in pretty quickly. This little slot guy, but yeah, I, I don't think it's a big fantasy impact one way or the other. I think it helps them as an actual football team. Though. No, I think it's yeah, it's more of a football move than yeah. I think it, I think it really helps Josh Allen too. I think it, it does could. help Allen. I don't know how much it like. It's not like in week sixteen. I don't know how much it's going to help. Like he doesn't. He's not going to know all of the playbook, and you know. I don't think he's going to play a ton of snaps, but like you said, on those third down, he could get in there on third down plays. And that's something that like the last couple of weeks, Isaiah McKenzie's kind of struggled with. Well, yeah, maybe not this week, but come the playoffs in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And I love what's funny about him re-signing there is like, I don't know if you guys saw like on Twitter when he got into it with the fans uh, in Buffalo, when he like re-retired. And he was like, "Yeah, I wouldn't want to play there anyways," and like all this stuff, and then resigns with Buffalo. Huh. It's like I didn't uh, see any of that. Okay, I thought you didn't want to play. <laughs> huh? So, 
But I think here's a lot of bad feelings. Pretty money, quickly. yes, yes. They could pay me a couple million dollars to catch just a couple passes throughout a playoff run. I would be okay I mean, with that. Money and winning; those are the two things that make it all work in the NFL. So yeah, they go know. out and win a Super Bowl. They're best friends again, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Vita Vea uh, is ruled out of Week 16 with a calf injury. Tampa Bay's defense is just taking like hit after hit. I would say like. They're not necessarily scary, but they do get to play Arizona this week. So I still think you can rule out or rule run out Tampa Bay's defense. Um, Arizona someone just has, looks really bad. Someone has to win that division, man. Someone has to step it up and actually make a run and barely limp into the playoffs. It's just yeah. it, it's inevitable. Uh, this is a big hit for Tampa's run defense specifically. Mm-hmm. Which is big um, for Connor, yeah. With and without Vita Vea, like the splits are significant as far as their run defense is concerned. So yeah, I think Connor, you can still pretty easily start, but uh, you know, uh, with the backup uh, quarterback in or well, third string quarterback, right for the Cardinals this week, Trace McSorley. Undra- Trace McSorley, undrafted. Yeah, yeah. You can definitely still play Tampa's defense. It's it's almost inevitable that he gets at least like one or two interceptions. You could have a fumble. I mean, the defense is not a bad play. There's way worse defenses out there to play. So, um, you know, I, I'm i rolling out Tampa Bay's defense. Obviously, this was before I knew Vita Bay was ruled out, but I'm still going to roll them out there. So. Yeah, I don't think that would change anything for me. From <laughs> yeah. No, no. When I saw uh, McSorley throw the ball last week, I knew I was going to target a defense that was playing against him. So that was an easy choice for me. Good call. Um, So uh, Zonovan Knight in week 16, so last night's game, he rushed for minus two yards. Uh, it It was bad. Like, it's a whole different team with Mike White out there, but they just... It's like they they're collapsing on the you know the run game because they know that Wilson really can't do anything. I know it was the Jets team or they were going up against a a Jags team that has been playing a little bit better lately, but minus 2 yards is just really bad. Like is he almost just out? You're not even going to think about trying to put him in if you're playing, you know, next week. Uh, as the Zonman Knight owner, um, and with a major bid that I placed in, I would say the second I see Zach Wilson subbed in, it's a no-go for all offensive weapons for the Jets. He just he is the boat that sinks all ships. Like uh, no one should be touching any part of that offense while Zach Wilson is out there. Yeah, in their third string guy that came in last night, the. Can't remember what his name was, but he wasn't even supposed to play. And they were like, you know what? This is so bad. Let's just put him in. And he ran a ton of like he reminded me so much of Taysom Hill last night. Yeah, the way he was running that yeah, it offense. Wasn't pretty, but they they moved the ball though. Like they, I did. Mean, they didn't they didn't score, but they the you know they gained positive yardage, which is unheard of for the first three quarters of that game. And the fans were so loud. <laughs> it was like a totally different arena. Like it's they just you could tell the way the whole like when. Uh, he tried to throw a deep pass. I think it was to Elijah Moore or maybe, yeah, I think it was to Elijah Moore. And just the, the look on the receiver's face when it lands 10 yards behind them, it's just like, you know, yeah, they're just like, wait a second. Like, how does this even happen? You know, it's, 
he, he's just not a good quarterback and, and that team just doesn't respect it. So I think that just plays a big role in, in how all this plays. If Mike White is back next week, are you starting Zonovan Knight then? Yep. Sure. Okay. That's he was an absolute monster for weeks week on week after it. He was the fantasy darling for three weeks in a row, going over 100 yards, all-purpose yards, back to back to back. And it's just once you hear that Mike White's you know ribs have magically healed and he's finally back out there, I think that you can fire up Zonovan Knight. Yeah. Are they are they done? Are they? I know they traded for James Robinson, but are they just are they just not going to use him at all? I guess so. I just, I don't get it. Um, I don't either. He didn't look bad in their very first game. Like he he rolled out there right away, and he didn't look terrible. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, eh, we're done. You're you know so, healthy scratch." Yeah, I mean, if, and if he's not going to play, um, obviously Brees Hall won't be back till next year. Uh, yeah, go for it. I mean. There's so many injuries and stuff, especially in a flex spot. Like, like Chris Do you said, guys think it, it's like the the petty reason where uh, James Robinson uh, compensation from the draft if he plays a certain percentage of snaps, gets a certain number of yards, and it goes from like a fifth to a fourth rounder? Are they worried about the draft compensation? Do you think it's kind of at that level? I don't think you could rule it out, especially now that it's looking like they're not going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think if they were, like, I think if they were more competitive, then they would just be rolling them out there. But like right now, they just don't seem to be in it at all. It wouldn't shock me. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. is questionable to play against the Packers. Uh, we talked about this a little bit in last week's game that we'd probably be more comfortable with Mostert anyways. Um, are you? How do you guys feel about Mostert, um, Johnson, and Zach? Well, I. Wanted to start him, but um, I was a little afraid of the blizzard, which didn't arrive until the fourth quarter. And so the first half, he had over 100 yards uh, from scrimmage. Like, he was incredible. He dominated the entire first half of the game, kept them competitive, kept the sticks moving for Miami. So Mostert looked incredible. And then they just abandoned the run game in the fourth quarter for whatever reason. That's part of what kind of scares me with – Miami in general is just how often they'll just completely abandon the run. Like, I, I don't know if you guys saw that sound clip of uh, the coach just saying, you know, I might be crazy, but I'm going to throw it every single play on this, you know, down like drive. It's like, what are you, why? Like, why, when it's working, why are you going away from it so much? And that is part of what worries me a little bit. You you said, do you trust Moster? I don't trust Moster. I, I would be willing to play him um obviously he had the monster game last week against buffalo but before that he hadn't had more than 65 rushing yards since before halloween um mm-hmm. and, and that's with and without zach uh, sorry jeff wilson. jeff wilson um so you know you can do a lot worse but i don't know that i trust him um they, they like to throw the ball like and, so and yeah, where does he I, fall for you is he a rb2 is he a flex Flex. Yeah, I think he's a he's a f- low end RB two flex range for me. Yeah, I mean you can run against the Packers, so it's not a terrible play. But they don't necessarily even like. I don't know if Miami even a hundred percent trust him anyways. Because as soon as they traded for Jeff Wilson, it was like boom, he had the backfield. You know, so like how much do they to do they really trust Mostert? You know, 
I'm certainly not starting him against Zach because, you know, McCaffrey, Barkley, Cook, and Jacobs, like, he's you're not putting him in over anybody like that. So he's just, he's Weird okay. <laughs> that, was such a, that was such a hard flex of who his running backs are. <laughs> Happy anniversary to you, too. Love you, buddy. He had a 67-yard run uh, last week, and that alone is more rushing yards than he's had since week eight. So that and inflated it, it, his rushing yards as well. You know? I mean, it was, it was half. He still had a good game outside of that, and he had uh, one reception for 20 yards. So, you know, he, he had a monster game. I don't want to diminish it by any stretch, but he has He's still big... really fast. He's so yeah. fast. He's so fast that, like, he, you know, it, it could be a one play, and and that's all you need for him to be fantasy relevant on a week. But that's still a, a pretty big risk to take. And um, with the way the weather's gonna be, I would. Uh, well, know. they're gonna be. They'll be in Miami, so it, yeah. weather weather should. Be oh, fine that's there. right. That's right. Yeah. So. So yeah, I'd play him. Yeah. But so. I so, well, with the way the weather's going to be, they're going to be able to throw the ball still. They're going to have Tyreek Hill. They're going to have Jalen Waddle. Those guys are going to be involved. So, um, yeah, he's he's okay. He's just a flex. But even if they're even if they're like way up, like even if Miami ends up getting up in this game, they don't they don't just run the ball. Like they're still going to throw the ball. So it's not like you can talk about like oh maybe some game script in this one. You know, it's going to be a Tyreek Hill game. Let's be honest here. Uh, it's he he wants to go for that 2000k record uh he wants to get that record and i think that he's going to get somewhere in the range of 150 plus so bet the over Dang. good thing yosha's eliminated that'd be a monster <laughs> 2000k that's hard to do <laughs> yards. <laughs> it's got to get that 2000k uh aaron jones was cleared to play sunday I think you're just fine having him in your lineup. He he looks pretty good. He looked pretty good last week. I, honestly, the whole run game looked really good last week. Both both running backs, um, l- more limited touches for Dylan, but he took advantage of all those touches. He fell yeah, into the end zone twice. Less about Aaron Jones because if you've got him, play him. But do you still play Dylan this week? I don't know because I worry that this game could that they could fall behind in this game and Aaron Jones is used more when they are up in the game. And I I don't know You mean AJ Dillon's used more when they're up? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, correct. Uh, no, I agree. I agree that it's uh maybe more of an Aaron Jones game script because they could fall behind and he's he's much more of the pass catching back. So uh, I think Aaron Jones is a fine play and I'd probably shy away from AJ Dillon. If you have to play him he's not the worst but um, I think I'd rather play Mostert. Yeah, I probably would rather play Mostert too. Which is hard to say because Dylan's had three straight weeks that have been like pretty good, but I, I just think that this game could get out of hand pretty quick for them. The um, over under is fifty points. It's very possible that Aaron Jones and AJ Dylan are the two guys that you want to be starting. Yeah. And it he keeps rising. Always... The over under keeps rising. Yep. He could always fall in the end zone. He's huge and he's you know. Quadzilla, um, maybe. Yeah, Quadzilla could get anything done. So, but I, I think I, I would agree. I'd probably rather play Mostert though. Um, Hollywood Brown has been cleared to play against the Bucks. Don't know what that means. Honestly, I probably wouldn't start him. Um, I think Hopkins and Connor are the only two in that game that I would start for Arizona. Agreed. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm happy for him. He's been out for a bit. It's been a rough year for him, but uh, not touching that with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about uh, the Zach Wilson, but like, you know, I, I, I was comparing him to, to, to like Josh Rosen. And I think he's just going to be a, a backup, you know, going forward. Someone may give him another chance next year, but do you see him starting another game for the Jets? Not on purpose. <laughs> they get like enough injuries. I think the most likely scenario for him um, is not the Disney outcome that I was trying for last week with you guys. Uh, it's mm. direct to DVD, and I think he's gonna follow like the predecessor with his predecessor with the Jets, Sam Darnold, get shipped off for a mid-round pick, and some other team will kick the tires where they aren't able to draft somebody this year, or maybe don't want to pay up to trade for a higher-priced quarterback and just see what they got in them, but uh, I think he's done in New York after this year. Yeah, I think it's kind of it. Uh, Evan Ingram last night had another big game. Uh, top three tight end kind of rested. <laughs> Zach's really excited. It brought him brought him into the, the – it made the matchup even closer. All four of our matchups, or both of our matchups, I guess, all four of us, have really, really close scores. So it's going to be really tight the whole weekend. Um, that that Ingram game would have worried me a lot if Kelsey wasn't projected to outscore him still. So, you know, it well, is what it is. He was the only player in either of our matchups to play, so I drew first blood. You, and, you did uh, draw first blood. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah. I was really hoping Johnson would have started Zonovan Knight, but I even I tried to like convince him before the game. Zach like Wilson, subtle, the, uh, subtle hints. <laughs> the that sinks all ships. That's Zach Wilson. I was like, "Oh, but we need to watch somebody tonight. You should really play him." <laughs> I really wanted <laughs> you to play him so bad. But, uh, but the question is, would you guys draft Evan Ingram as a top three tight end next year? And you're in the redraft leagues. Top three? No, I'm not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't draft him. Like even if he was projected to be the third best tight end next year i'm not drafting him there i'm if i can't get kelsey i'm gonna punt tight end and hope that i get next year's evan ingram somebody who you can grab off the waiver wire in week two or three and uh you know they end up being pretty steady on the year would you rather have evan ingram or would you have mark anders I won't have Andrews. either of them on any teams next year because of where I would have to draft them probably. That that's the one argument I would see for Ingram is I I highly doubt, you know, looking into my crystal ball that he's going to go anywhere close to the draft capital that Andrews would. So he, and you also no. have to remember next year the Jags are going to have Calvin Ridley as well. So there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed there and plus a draft they could absolutely draft somebody still. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to use a third round Ingram's pick on Mark Andrews. I don't want to use a third on Mark Andrews, and I don't want to use like a fifth or a sixth on Evan Ingram when I can still draft wide receivers that make a big difference at that spot. So that's and that's probably where those guys are going to be. Maybe maybe if Ingram's like a, a seventh or eighth round pick, he'll be interesting. But I think he'll creep up a little too far. What, what would you pay uh, to get him in Dynasty? Sorry, I know what I'd pay. Well, we um, know you didn't pay much, but what would you pay now to try and get him in a dynasty league? Like, what do you think much. his value is? Like a twenty-three third, twenty-three second? Are you rebuilding, or what's your team? Contending like next year, contending. 
I mean, if, if no. I was confident that this is going to be the output that he gives me next year, which I'm not, but if if no. I was, I, I'd give up a second. I'm I'm not doing that. Like I'm, no way. The tight end is so all over the place. Like Travis Kelsey is the only one who's consistently good. Even Mark Andrews, after the phenomenal year he had last year, has really fallen off. Like I'm not trying to give up draft capital like to go get Evan Ingram as my tight end. There's not there's nowhere near that much confidence in him next year or going forward. You know, we saw what he did with the Giants. He had a really nice rookie year and then kind of flamed out there. So um he he's gonna be one of those streaming guys for a long time where it's like he's gonna have some good years and you're gonna be happy you grabbed him. And he's gonna have some other years where you're gonna draft him and he's gonna disappoint. So that's kind of where I'm at with Evan Ingram. To, I'd like to him that. as my backup tight end on a dynasty team. Yeah, I mean that's that's where he was for me. That's I, I'm stoked about it. Um, to what you're saying, every year we see a tight end come out of nowhere or have a resurgence for have a great year, and then the next year they do nothing. So yeah, yeah. yeah so I'm maybe a third round pick if I'm a rebuilding team. I wouldn't do it like during the off season I'd wait. And if Ingram is being used the first week or two of next year, then I'd try and go buy him and see what I can, you know, see if I can get him for cheap. And if I can't, then, Oh, well, I think that's pretty fair assessment of all. Um, personally, I think that Evan Ingram is fool's gold. I don't really trust him moving forward. I traded him low because I thought he was fool's gold and, you know, (laughs) <laughs> the beneficiary of that so he can go and enjoy the rest of the year there and i think what'd the you, gambler what'd you get but you him? also managed but you also managed to buy kittle low and his like you know at his lowest point so like that's why you were able to sell ingram low because you know if you don't have a tight end ingram wasn't bad for you to be starting at the time so i don't know what did you end up trading what was that trade involved uh, um, I don't remember all the details, but I uh, pre-injury, well, pre-season-ending injury, Irv Smith, and I got Ingram and Hamler back. So for most of the year, it really was a, a nothing burger both right. ways. But the, the last month or so, it's been pretty solid. Yeah, the TJ Hawkinson trade kind of sank the uh, big Irv side of that trade. His but health no one sort of stunk him too. Yeah. Uh. All right, let's talk a little bit about some of the weather that we have in our games tomorrow. So the real field temperatures in the games tomorrow in Pittsburgh, supposed to be minus 19, feel like minus 19. Cleveland, minus 37. How you play in that, like, I have no idea. Chicago, minus 21. And I think all three of those are under a 40 point over under. I think they're all under 38, actually. I'd take the Um, under. The Chicago game is at 40 and a half. The Chicago um, Bills game is at 40 and a half. Yeah, Kansas City is uh, minus 12. And that actually has one of the highest over unders of the week at 49 and a half, which is kind of crazy to me. That's a pretty high over under um, for how cold it's going to be there. Nashville is minus four. Uh, give me Derrick Henry all day. Uh-huh. Um, against the Texans. Already, it's yes. already against the Texans. So. Derrick Yeti, as they yeah. as they call him on the ballers. He's going to yeah. show up this week. I just With hope the bleeding back. stops early and they uh, <laughs> maybe Tennessee loses badly early. 
the only chance I, I got, man. As long as as long as it's Henry after 250 yards and two touchdowns, we're good. With Tannehill so. being out, they're going to run it like 85 times. So yeah, mm-hmm. like I was telling, I said this on the last episode. I'd be shocked if he has under 30 carries. Like I would be absolutely shocked if he has under 30 carries. Well, Baltimore, I really like Mike Vrabel, but he should be fired if they run him under 30 times. <laughs> yes, agreed. Uh, Baltimore, it's going to be eight degrees, and Charlotte, uh, seventeen degrees. So, Hot. yeah, that's a that's a that's a nice one. Like you want oh, that man. one. Um, and then we have our you know the the regular games that are going to be inside the domes. Uh, the Dallas game is inside. Uh, the Vikings game is inside. So. You know, some some decent games. Pretty low over-under for the Niners and Commanders game, even though that one's going to be – that one should be cold, but not as cold as all these other games. Um, I don't think they're getting hit with the same weather that we're getting hit with right now. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be affected. I think, I think a lot of these play a role in the pass catching. You know, like in Cleveland, I talked about this last week, I don't trust Cooper um, – at all. I know Jordan, you pivoted away from David and Joku, right? I did. I did. So, I'm really worried about this, you know, the the bad weather for this game, how cold it's going to be. It's supposed to be really windy. Uh I have heard that the wind is not supposed to be a crosswind. It's supposed to be directional with the field. So one way you'll be playing directly into the wind and the other way you'll have the wind at your back. When you have the wind at your back, it's not as bad um, as so there will be there. They'll be able to get some passing done, but it's still negative 37 as far as how cold it feels um, and high winds. So, you know, you're basically each team is going to have two quarters to try and get drives going. And the rest of the game is going to be really rough. Yeah. It's similar to that Chicago, the Chicago game and the bills game that they're supposed to have, you know, over 20 mile an hour sustainable winds with gusts up to 70 miles an hour. Like that, that could be, you could have a lot of turnovers in that game. You could, you know, and it's not it, you know, the bills don't run the ball a ton. So uh, unfortunately we could see a lot of Josh Allen running the ball. And one, one thing I'd like so. to touch on with the, with the winds that we, they don't get a lot of love in general and they don't get talked about a lot. Other than unless you're Josh Ritter in our leagues, but um, the kickers, I would not want a kicker in any of those windy situations. Like regardless of how good they are, I'm finding anybody in a dome, even if it's a backup. Like nobody's kicking a field goal in 47, 70 mile an hour gusts. I think you said. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> Unfortunately, that is my kicker, and but that league doesn't matter, so I don't really care. So. Um, but yeah, we could, we could have some really low scoring games. We could have a lot of, I've been watching a lot of guys that I follow that do a lot of sports betting and stuff. They're struggling with like who to take, what lines to take in these games, because it's just so up in the air. Chicago's actually been bet on a lot this week to win the game, um, because of, uh, what the, what the weather's supposed to be like, um, we saw it last look. year with there was a really bad storm when New England played Buffalo, and it did sort of even the playing field because New England just ran it every play, I think, other than two, two or three. And, you know, like Buffalo was a better team, but you kind of got to play your situation as much as the other team. 
and uh, you know, and it allowed them to play to their strengths, let them take over. They have an incredible run game, you know, when they're healthy, of course. But um, I think the best call out is definitely your kickers. Try and shoot for those guys in a dome. Uh, don't bench your studs, but uh, kickers are so apoplectic and just not very. Would you guys start Greg Joseph uh, in the Minnesota in the dome, or would you start uh, Butker? I would. Joseph. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, I think Kansas City's still going to score. Um, they're. I was wondering, some of these teams are. I mean, they seems like they play in cold weather. Obviously, this is more extreme than normal, but that's close. I'd take the dome. I'd just give the edge to the dome, regardless. Yep. And I think Minnesota um, probably will sustain some drives a little better, uh, even though it's Kansas City negative. 12 is no no joke. Um, that is a serious temperature drop. Shout out to those fans that are going to go there and attend in person. You're yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, the people that are going to go to like the Cleveland game and like that, if you're going to sit and watch a game in negative 37. Hey, hey, it's not going to be negative 37. It's it going to feel like, like negative 37. Totally perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Like... Totally, it's no, just absolutely totally different. <laughs> Dude, it feels like nine degrees outside for us, and I'm like dying. Like I don't know how people Dude, yeah, it's it's bad out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's re- ridiculous. Even you know the New England game too at, at kickoff is supposed to be like uh, uh, feel like zero degrees. So that thankfully the New England game, New England and uh, Bengals game though, is not supposed to have any high winds or anything. So that game you don't have to worry about it as much but still really cold i mean for the whole the whole nfl so expect a lot of running games for that game is jordan watching jamar chase um he should be worried because it's gonna sort of end his season jamar chase can catch four touchdowns i'm fine with that yeah patriots like to take away the number one weapon i'm hoping that's jamar chase and i'm playing t higgins let's go um it's gonna be a joe mixon game so buckle up buttercup (laughs) <laughs> they can both they can both catch four passes. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Not because I'm starting Joe Burrow or anything against Johnson. <laughs> uh, so, well, let's talk a little bit about um, our dynasty rosters. You know, because I think this is a good you know idea for people as far as like how all four of us kind of have done this and how we got to where we're at. Because you know, for people that don't know, like our leagues are always really, really competitive. All of us take this kind of very, very seriously. And too we're serious. in a couple of leagues together. We take it too seriously. I mean, the second news drops of, you know, someone being out, something happening, that player's been picked up 30 seconds before the news dropped because of how everybody is in this league. So, you know, we can talk a little bit about like the differences in our, our league. And this is my first year in this, this league with, all these guys. So in the dynasty portion of it. So I took a different approach. I went, I went all in. Um, Needless to say, I traded basically every draft pick that I had um, as well as multiple players, multiple times. Uh, I had Najee traded Najee, got Najee back, traded him again um, all to try and like, you know, build the team that I had to get to where I am. Um, But you know, Zach, you took a different approach. How did how did you do? End up with your roster? Well, as as some of you may know, I defeated Jordan um, in 2019 for the championship. 
Uh, I tried to run it back the next year. Uh, unfortunately, you know, only made it to the semifinals that year. Uh, and at that point, um, sort of as an experiment and sort of, you know, because it was necessary, I, I traded literally everyone. Um, I think the only player I had left on my roster from the previous season was Jalen Hurts. And that wasn't because I was a Jalen Hurts truther, if any of you have heard me on this podcast before. Uh, it was just because I couldn't get rid of him at that point. <laughs> um, I got extremely unsustainably lucky with my draft picks. Um, I, I traded superstars for several future picks that hit. I traded future picks for young guys who hit. Um, the rebuild took a lot less time than it probably should have, so I wouldn't say that it's a, you know, a guaranteed thing. But uh, yeah, The shout-out really I want to make for you, Zach, is just how incredible you do it investigating and making sure the right draft pick was the right draft pick. Um, you turned, you drafted Chase and Pitts and Waddle all in the same year, and all of those were incredible hits. Shout out to Waddle on my team. It's pretty great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, don't be afraid to trade your guys. I mean, like, I traded, I'm a Cowboys fan. I, you know, had Zeke since the day he came into the NFL one league or another. But uh, when it's time to rebuild, like, whether it's your your guy or not, if you get two first coming back for a running back turning 26, you don't turn it down. And so. the way I did it is um, I had my roster kind of stalwarts, the guys that I relied on the most, uh, Josh Allen. And I ended up trading for Diggs so I can get the stack. And uh, then I also got Hill, and I just kind of built from there. I had my, my roster stalwarts. It was a partial teardown and basically had my, my, my roster that was I can build with. Um, and then I just filled the rest of my team with first-rounders, and it was supposed to be a full rebuild this year, but I ended up uh, kind of getting a bunch of wins. Uh, rest in peace, Yosh. Uh, and – the, the, the best way to rebuild and the most interesting way that Jordan did it was he just kept staying good. His team was incredible. Yeah, uh, it's been fun. Like, I lost to Zach three years ago in the championship. I've made it back since and lost in the championship again. So I'm trying to do things a little different this year. Um, but I've... Uh, I've not been shy about acquiring players at all. Uh, I got Dalvin Cook from Zach uh, when he did his teardown. I acquired Christian McCaffrey from Johnson when he did his teardown. And uh, Travis Kelsey from Ritter when he did his. And so it's just been, you know, get reliable guys and stay good. And that's, you know, I did a little bit of rebuilding on my wide receiver core this year. I did have quite a few young guys I drafted. Um so we'll see how that goes into the future, but um, trying to win a championship this year. I think it, it just really goes to show there's no one right or wrong way to do, to build a, a dynasty roster, at least. Um, no, and I still have, like, I haven't gone all in the way Brandon is. I have a first-round pick this next year. Um, I don't have one in 2024, but I haven't traded any 2025 picks at all. Um, so, you know, I've moved draft picks when I've needed to, um, and other times I've uh, acquired draft picks as well. So, like, I acquired the 2-5 this last year because Jahan Dotson was still on the board, and I didn't think he should still be there at that point. So I went and traded for the 2-5 and added another young wide receiver that I felt was going to be uh, – 
you know, a big part of my team going forward. So, uh, things haven't been perfect with him this year, but I think he's shown some talent and I'm pretty excited for him going forward. He's also like the eighth wide receiver on your depth chart. So you got some time to let him pan out. Yeah. 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 I took a, I, you know, I, when I took over the roster, it was like my goal to like, all right, I'm going to see how many trades I can do to, to try and make this team competitive this season. So many trades. Our off season was like complete madness. Like it was the best off season I've ever been a part of. <laughs> I would stay up all night trying to put together like three and four team trades and get everybody like to make trades. And it it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I I had a ton of fun with it. And like, you know, like Zach was saying, there's no right or wrong way to like build your roster. You can just kind of, you know, go with it as you wish, but you know, keeping those staple like QB or wide receivers is a lot more important than those running backs that, you know, are aging, you know, don't be afraid to move those guys to, to be able to rebuild your roster. Cause if you have an aging running back and you're trying to stay with him, you know, but your team's not going to stay competitive, then those draft picks can be more beneficial for you than, than, you know, those aging, like my whole team is aging at this point. Like I, I'm, I have a very limited window left uh, to be able to compete. So um, I think the, the one unifying, uh, sort of thread between all of our approaches has been, um, and it is a bit league dependent, but we're four of the maybe five or six most active players year round. Yes. Um, when it comes to this, like uh, not, it's not meant for everybody. Like some people, you know, it's February, this super bowl's over. Like it's time to take a break. Like I'm watching film, man. I'm <laughs> yeah, we're, rookies, like... we're shooting out trade offers and feelers and, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a year round process, and that's not for everybody, and it doesn't have to no. be. But and even if your league, um, if your league you doesn't know. have anybody like that, you probably don't have to put in all that much effort to be a little ahead of the curve. So it's yeah. just that the leagues that we're in, there's several of us who are like this. <laughs> from from Super Bowl. Bowl. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, from from Super Bowl to like. September, like just before like training camp and all that stuff, probably we probably had 60 plus trades happen in our dynasty league. It was like, you pretty much couldn't look at your phone without seeing some sort of trade offer from somebody. Um, And it it made it a lot of fun. I mean, it really made the off season like super enjoyable for me. Every Uh, team gave me a different appreciation. Yeah. It gave me a different appreciation for dynasty. Oh yeah. I think that's, yeah, the more trades that are in your league, the more fun it's going to be. So uh, yeah. if your tra- if your league isn't a heavy trade or heavy investing in trades, be that guy. Start start the conversation. Open up a conversation. Brandon came in head first and said, "Hey, I want to move these guys. What do I have to do?" And he made made it really exciting. Zach once handed me four envelopes of league defining trades at one day. Like, make sure your commissioner is <laughs> cool because it's going to be exhausting. Also, get on a platform that allows off-season trades. We had to change platforms this past year because and and it they wouldn't facilitated. Let you do anything in yeah, yeah, we switched from ESPN to Sleeper this year, and uh, that facilitated all of this off-season madness, and it was a really good decision. So, you know, after the season ends, those are things to think about. Um, you know, as we're going through the actual NFL playoffs and and fantasy ends, is like, what do we want to do to improve our league? And if you're playing in a dynasty format and you're on a platform that doesn't help support that, 
it's making it really hard on your commissioner. We appreciate Johnson, all the extra work he's put in, but uh, yeah, get on, get on like a sleeper platform or something where you can trade draft picks and you don't have to track it in a spreadsheet. And it's like, usually you can be like that first person to make the trade, like just a small trade, just go out there and trade a nobody for a nobody, but it's going to spark that interest of everybody else. Like, wait a second. Like if he's involved, yeah, like, oh, I need to get involved. I got to make a move. Like, who can I trade? You know? And it like, it really gets people involved. I mean, half the time, like, uh, I don't know how many times Zach and Ritter just wanted to be the top trading team. So they just like traded, you know, fab money. And then it would like spark, like it would just spark a trade though. Like all of a sudden, like, boom, there's like three more trades that go through. It's like, wait a second. They just traded fab. Yeah. But I saw a trade go through. So now I got to pass them back up and have the most trades in the off season. And, you know, we also had, I mean, two simultaneous arms races going on where we had uh, three or four teams, like really trying to win a championship this year and trading for those veteran guys like you two or, um, and then like Chris, myself and Ritter, were also in the arms race for not only picks this Graphics. year, but in the future. So it became this like giant, giant cluster of, uh, multiple different targets and stuff. It was it made yeah. a great off season and season. I mean, it we made did. trades up until the deadline. So, oh yeah, we did uh, the night of the deadline. I had people messaging me like uh-huh. ready to make more trades. So, you know, it definitely was, and it's made, you know, the, the overall like feeling of the league. I think that's what people need to like, you know, even if you're in leagues with like a lot of people you don't know, or, you know, you're in leagues with people that you've known for years, you know, getting those, getting the involvement of everybody is like really important. Like drawing that, that's the benefit of what dynasty is. Like we started a dynasty league mainly with a lot of people that a lot of us didn't know. And we started one because of our podcast here and, you know, there's been a lot of newcomers and people that I met on Twitter and stuff, but the involvement of everybody has been there and it's made it a lot more fun, like keeping that chat interactive and, and things like that to keep everybody going even throughout the off season is, is really important for your leagues. Yeah. Make so. sure your league has a group chat and stay involved in it. Like, it, you know, you might, you might not be able to be in every day. The, the chat that we started for, for our new dynasty league for the, for the podcast and stuff is it's not active every single day. Like our, our main league one is, but, um, well, the two, the dynasty and the regular league, but, uh, you know, just having that involvement, having that constant interaction, it helps facilitate things and makes people a lot more comfortable with like making trades and, and different things like that. So yeah, I don't know. Keep it fun. And talk and smack, you know, and talk smack. Yes. Yeah. And don't kick people out of your league for talking, you know, smack. I mean, <laughs> we don't need it. to revisit that. <laughs> keep, keep it, uh, keep it fun. You know, don't take it too far, but you know, I mean, you got to you got to have fun with it. I mean, that's what that's what you do fantasy football for is to to have fun with it um, and to win like I'm going to do this year. But other than that, it's it's to have fun. Yeah, so. Can you imagine going all in and not winning? Mm. Like, that must be tough. I do. Before we say our goodbyes, um, I was talking to Chris. I think this is the episode with the most combined championships on it. Oh. Is that right? Yeah, that's, it might be. Yeah. Uh, my name's on that trophy quite a few times, and uh, yeah, I know same. yours is too, Zach. Yeah, weird how that works out. I don't think your name's on the belt. I said that trophy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes. I was just saying we're we're we're, we're talking about the belt right now. So, 
Well, anyway, all over that thing though. So, uh, yeah, I look forward to adding my name to it. We'll see what happens. There's we got two <laughs> weekends left. Uh, oh, we get it. through this weekend. If your league doesn't have a trophy or a belt, maybe get one. Oh, Zach, get one. Zach's been talking about getting rings every year he wins too. It's it's exhausting, and every time you see that person, he's just gonna put his ring on and put his belt on and just be really fun it, to be around. So be that that I found uh, float rentals for throwing your own parade. So buckle in, boys. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I mean. Johnson really better hope he beats me this weekend. Personalized <laughs> house Michael Bolton be... songs is, is yeah, really is top. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. But I mean, shout out to everybody that's been in all of our leagues. Um, we have a lot of fun with with all of these. Everybody's pretty much pretty much all in. I mean, even you know, just uh, Josh and Jossley, some of these people that like we don't know in real life. You know, it's nice to have people stay active and really appreciate both of them being in, in our best coast league too. So, and uh, one more thing, make sure you have a league punishment. Don't make it too like exhausting or daunting, but uh, the fact that the league Sacco has to go and exist in that punishment we developed is pretty intense. And it's a major encouragement to not uh, end the year on a down note. Yeah. Keep it fun, but make sure you don't get it and don't want it. So exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, um, that, I am. You saw that shirt of yours, Jordan. Remember I your do. Second? I do have that pink unicorn shirt. This is I suck at fantasy football. Thank you very much. <laughs> did you had to wear that to when we went to Big Owls, didn't you? I did the for the draft. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. It's, I that's, like the, something Sorry. like that is a good punishment. Like it's you yeah. know it's embarrassing and lame, and you have to keep it forever and. <laughs> So you it know, it doesn't affect anybody. But yeah, know? it's like, not like it's that. Like, don't make your league mates get a tattoo or something. That's you know, mm, don't take it too far. Ooh. It's just fantasy football. <laughs> I kind of like that one. <laughs> no, I do just want to change tattoo. subjects just real fast. Uh, I just have a huge shout out. Um, I, I appreciate you guys. You gave us you know all sorts of goodwill uh, on your last episode. Um, our little town, our little region here in way north California, um, had some. Well, we had like three dozen earthquakes back to back to back. Uh, we had one big one that kicked it all off. Um, a lot of people, we just got water and power back um, to the rest of the city today um, from Tuesday morning. Um, but huge shout out to like anybody out there volunteering and helping. Um, but uh, one that's kind of close to my heart, uh, I'm, a, I'm an executive chef. Um, chef Jose Andres, he's a uh, Michelin star, amazing chef, got super expensive, amazing places in Vegas. Uh, but he founded years ago um, the World Central Kitchen Organization. Um, since they're not like run by government or whatever, it's all volunteer work. They beat FEMA out there, and they were out in our little town uh, handing out hot meals yesterday to people who didn't have anything. Um, that sort of stuff means the world to, you know, I, I never thought I would live through something like this. It's wild. It could always be worse, but it could be a lot better. And people like that go a long way. That's awesome. Yeah. What was the name of that organization again? That's the World Central Kitchen. The World Central Kitchen. Awesome. Thank you very much. Anybody who uh, wants to, you know, make a donation, I'm sure they take donations on their website. And please check that out. Or if you uh, are so inclined, volunteer your time. 
um, stuff like that's really important to a lot of people. They so. go, yeah, like I, I heard about them a couple of years ago through a podcast. You know, they were in Haiti when they had their devastation. They go everywhere. Um, wow, that's do, amazing. They do great work. Yeah. Thank I'm you. Really for glad that, to Zach. hear that. Yeah, I'm glad. Glad you guys are doing well. Yeah. We're gonna be doing really great this weekend. It's Christmas. Uh, we're beating Jordan. We're going to the championship. It's 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 all looking up. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> gonna be it's gonna be a great weekend um i'm not thank you guys throwing the uh game just because you had an earthquake all right (laughs) (laughs) you're not that lucky man (laughs) i wouldn't want it any other way yeah i know you gotta gotta earn this one (laughs) yeah the iron price that's right At least you got internet to watch your, your team this time. That uh, text you said, oh my gosh, I have not laughed so hard reading that. We were in the middle of the podcast. I had to mute my mic because I read it and I was laughing so hard. It was just like, I love you so much. <laughs> we don't understand your message. <laughs> I was dying. Like, yeah, it's, you know, and you don't realize like how big the like little things in life are that we take, you know, for granted until you go through a, a disaster like that. And, you know, we're, we're all thankful here that you guys got, you know, water and power and everything back. And, you know, hopefully you guys all start to can recover and build. I know how small that town is and how close everybody is. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it was probably pretty devastating for everybody there, but I'm glad to hear you guys. It's, are, you know, it's going to be a while. There. I mean, we lost a lot of stuff, uh, sentimental and otherwise it's going to be expensive, but we have neighbors who lost their whole house. So, yeah yeah well glad to hear you're you're doing better and and hopefully you know you guys can have some fun watching watching football this weekend spending some time with some family and you know i want to thank both you guys for for coming on this episode with us and um this this is a fun episode it's it's nice to just kind of let loose on an episode instead of just having such a strict uh you know doc that we go through it's nice to just kind of talk a little bit so that makes yeah you know, it's, 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 it's nice. You know, that's one of the best parts about fantasy football is just, it's a break from kind of some of the sadder parts, some of the less fun parts. And uh, it's just a great way to break away and, you know, talk some smack back off and on. It's just a yeah. great experience. Uh, but yeah, glad you're safe, Zach. Uh, and happy holidays to all. Yes. Merry Christmas. You guys. I love you all. Yeah. You guys do Before take care. we take off, I got a I got Johnson's theme song for this weekend. Oh, no. oh really? Hello, darkness, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right, buddy. All right, uh, I really appreciate it, everybody. I hope you guys have a great. Uh, everybody out there has a great week sixteen. Good luck in the playoffs if you're still in them. Um, and uh, we really appreciate it. You guys can find us uh, on our main Twitter at Best Coast FF, and I'm at BCFF underscore Brandon. I am at BCFF underscore Jordan. Zach, again, doesn't have a Twitter. Johnson, I'm not sure if you want to give out your Twitter or not. I comment on all your guys' stuff, so make all sure right. that, everyone. If anybody needs to to get a hold of those two, or we'll keep you all posted, trust me, on Twitter on who's winning the matchups and, oh, yeah. and who's not. There will be, be a lot on there. So thanks again, everybody, and uh, have a good holiday, everyone that celebrates. and. Even the dog says happy holidays. So, um, all right. You guys have a good night. Thanks, guys.